Listener Production. Shares. Market. The S&P. The ISX. Stocks. This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that, unlike US inflation, is still yet to peak. I'm Scott Phillips, and with me is the straw man himself from strawman.com, from the body of the same name as the 12th man might say, Mr. Andrew Page. How are you, sir? <laughs> Very good. Wearing the uh, the white, the off-white, the ivory and the beige. <laughs> Exactly. I always like that. Richie Benner, front of the body of the same name. This is brilliant. I, don't, I don't know why it's funny. It just is very funny and I like it's it a very lot. Good. So it's one of the things that's always stuck with me. Uh, I like a lot of other stuff from 12th Man, which I won't repeat because we tried to be a G-rated or at least PG-rated. Much yes. of the 12th Man, unfortunately, fails that test, but he's very, very, very funny anyway. <laughs> if you're not a cricket fan, you've got no idea what we're talking about. If you're under a certain age, um, as always, you have my complete contempt because you're younger than me and I hate that about you. <laughs> All right, let's get on to our podcast, mate. Apparently, this is a business investing podcast, believe it or not. Yeah. Um, which does beg the question, mate. What is strawman.com? We're, we're a private online investment club. Excellent. And you founded it and you are the managing director. And so uh, check that out. Also, check out the Motley Fool at fool.com.au. We give financial advice, investment advice in particular, and uh, stock recommendations. Most specifically, though, we do tend to branch out a little bit. That's us. That's who we are. Let's talk about, mate, what's been going on. Uh, mm. Big, big week in so many different ways. Uh, we, we've, we've listed out the, the, the four topics we've got on our head. Hopefully we get to them all because you and I can talk. Um, these are really massive, chunky things and mm. some are kind of macro, some are stock specific, some kind of um, do both. And it's just a really, really interesting time to be doing a podcast, to be an investor, to be kind of observing the world as it is. Mm. Let's start with the the peak. We haven't hit our peak yet, mate, because we just keep getting like a fine wine. We're getting better with age. <laughs> better with age. Hopefully though, for, for our American friends and also for the impact it will have on us eventually, hopefully it seems US inflation may have peaked. Numbers out this week suggest still 8.3%, if you can believe that, annualized, which is eye-watering. Um, unimaginable four years ago. Uh, yet here we are. It is down a little bit on the last number, still higher than the market expected. So you got a bit of a, you know, give with one hand, take away with the other. Mm. Um, again, we don't do a lot of macro and even US macro is even one step more removed from, from what actually matters, except that, as we've said many, many times, inflation interest rates matter a lot to investors, to our lives, but also to the returns we can get and the prices of our shares. We'll go into that in a little bit. Um, and I'm pretty convinced that uh, we've, we're seeing our future. Hmm. The quarterly numbers on inflation, we know were 2.1% here, I think. Annualize that, it's 8.5%. Um, the US, though, coming off the other side of that gives us some hope that maybe there's some better times ahead or am I just clutching at straws? Am I, am I hoping for the sake of hope? No, it's going to get worse. 100% it's going to get worse. I mean, we, we, anyone who's gone to the supermarket or filled up the car doesn't need to be told that. Here's the other thing. The... Um, uh, for the FX traders out there, the Aussie dollar's fallen quite a bit. Yeah, and guess where most of our stuff comes from, right? <laughs> Overseas, which which is kind of good and bad. This is this is the I, I I have a theory that Australia is a better place than the Yanks. Generally speaking, we're just better people. We're better looking. We're funnier. Uh, but uh, but also <laughs> sorry, Americans. Uh, but also mate, sorry, they don't sorry. have the ability of a floating currency because they are the yeah. reserve currency. There is mm-hmm. this, there's obviously a lot of power being the reserve currency, right? Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but we get to kind of allow for that to happen. Now, a falling dollar absolutely makes our imports more expensive, but that also has the impact a bit like interest rates of actually reducing demand by definition where we can mm. replace them with locally produced products. The Yanks don't have that option because they don't, you know, their currency is their currency. Mm. Um, you know, it, it helps our exporters because a lower dollar makes our exports more competitive. In, in theory, it's supposed to be one of those automatic stabilizers that we have the Yanks don't have. As you say, in the meantime, while we're still consuming as much petrol, it doesn't help. And we can't really change that meaningfully, mm. although we do know that uh, when prices go up, 
demand does tend to fall a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's, if you if you keep buying the same number of imported goods, the price of those is going up in Australian dollar terms by definition because of the the rising US dollar, the falling Australian dollar. That's just yeah. another impost on inflation. Oh, it's 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 going to get rough. I mean, I hear your point too, saying, "Oh, you know, it looks as though it's 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 slowing, uh, um, reversing inflation." Mm-hmm. I just, I always take those comments, not because I know it's not you who's saying that, but you know, that's what all the the punditry is saying, and yes, it's like, yes. well, you know, for me once, shame on you. <laughs> for me, four thousand eight hundred ninety-two times, shame on me. Like, how many times? Do, do these forecasts? I mean, the Reserve yeah. Bank was not lifting interest rates until 2024. That was six months ago. Tries me. How nuts. demonstrably wrong was that? And I'm yeah. not. I'm not having a go here yeah, because yeah. Yeah. economists and pundits give answers because they are asked, mm-hmm. and what they do is they say, "Well, I think," and yeah. there's a lot of nuance and context around that. But what gets yeah. reported yeah. is 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 as fact. And here we are today saying, oh, inflation is going to moderate. Is it? I mean, that's that's the current sort of consensus view, but you'll find mm-hmm. dozens of other very smart people who say no. Yeah. Um, and, and I just sort of sit in the middle and go, I don't shrug my shoulder. I don't know. I hope yeah. so. Maybe. Um, maybe not. I'm definitely I'm definitely the I hope so camp as well. It's, that's, that's the challenge, right? And mm. I think this is where, as you said, for the FX traders, for the for people buying imports, for investors who are trying to price their assets, these these are very live questions, right? If if inflation remains high for a long time, then interest rates must go up higher than they otherwise would. Um, we we don't necessarily know the answer, but it, but it's going to hit us either way, right? It's one of those things where yeah, yeah. you know we don't know, and we shouldn't try, pretend we do know, as you rightly point out. The reality is, though, that we're going to hit, get hit with whatever does come down the pike, and then have to make our peace with it one way or the other. Um, yeah. And and frankly, for people, I mean, you know, like it's you mentioned, you mentioned prices to continue to go up. It's it's absolutely the case. Um, but you know, think about someone on 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 a welfare payment or a fixed income who's all of a sudden paying eight percent more. Even someone who's saving ten percent of their salary right now, mm. you, if you if that eight percent takes out. 80% of what you've otherwise been saving. Mm. You, you know, unless Huge. you cut back on something, it's a massive number. Yeah. And if it goes for any length of time, you compound that at some reasonable rates and it really gets ugly. Um, I think the the hardest part for, for everyone, including central banks, is trying to work out to, to the, you know, the, the ongoing question is how much of this becomes systemic mm. and how much this is genuinely one-off because plenty of people are saying, don't move rates. This is supply push inflation. I think there's a lot of validity mm. to that, right? It's just yeah. shortages and supply chain problems and, you know... Increased demand, all that kind of stuff. Increased demand is part of it, but it seems like it's largely a supply issue. Mm. That being said, uh, which again should normalise, right? And, and you actually might get deflation or disinflation, as the cool kids call it, um, because those things go. If they are a one-off, when things go back to normal, the prices come back down again. Mm. And you go, oh, oh, that's all over. That's good. That's one option. The second option is we're wrong about the assumptions, and that's it's genuinely demand. We've got a problem, or. The third one, which is probably the naughtier one, is it starts as a supply problem. But we heard the leaders over the last couple of days of our political parties talking about whether or not we should get a pay rise to match inflation, which then becomes an additive to the next lot of inflation. And that's the spiral that we're all a bit worried about continuing Mm. as it it becomes embedded. Mm. Then we're in all sorts of trouble. Oh, yeah, yeah. So it's... We can go round and round in circles, and yes. we could we we could convince the top ten economists, the thinkers, financial thinkers yeah. in the country to come on here. And we can interview them; they'd all tell us something different. <laughs> they'd all make really cogent, right, excellent exactly. points. And so, people in yes. their car or on a jog yes, right yes, now, yes. listening to us, going, "Okay, <laughs> so, so so what? What, <laughs> what do I do with that?" But that's where I struggle, mate. So we'll we'll go to that in a second because the so what matters a lot for things like asset prices. Mm. We'll, we'll go we'll yeah. go into some specifics. I'll read you some numbers, which will make your hair curl mm. in a minute. 
Um, but that, that's the bit that worries me, man. I think we can – there is a so what to it, but there's also a – you know, we, we – I don't invest in airlines because I expect their economics to continue to be bad, right? Mm. I will buy companies with strong brands because I expect those brands to continue to be good. I will buy a cheap stock if I think its business can turn around or mm. if I think the market might pay more for it at some point in the future. Mm. So we don't ever make predictions or forecasts. Well, some of us do. I don't make predictions and forecasts. But our, 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 very, our very jobs, quite frankly, rely on, as investors – some sense of an estimate or an expectation or a range of outcomes for a future mm. that we try and put in our favour. Yep. And I think that's why, I, and I've said this before, but it's where I, where I do have a, a, it's a, some skin in this game is it's not just a parlour game for economists, right? This is, the, the, we can't necessarily know, but, but we're going to be hit with whatever comes and maybe, you know, the old prepare, don't predict line is the right one here. So I'm not trying to get a prediction. That is absolutely the right line. Yeah. But there is that there is that question of like it will impact asset prices. It will impact the profitability of some companies that we own. Yeah. And these assumptions are going to matter. We saw Ansel during the last reporting period say, yep, we put prices up, we couldn't put them up fast enough to cover rising costs. Amcor Mm. said we put prices up, our revenue was up eleven percent, ten percent of that was price increase. You know, we and, and they just managed to cover costs. Their muds were roughly the same from memory. It was a few months ago now. But that that's the bit that I think investors need to I wonder if they come to a view on because I, I don't want to I don't want to do the, the as you say, the kind of that false specificity thing of I think inflation can be seven point three five percent, therefore X. Mm. But if it's gonna be a lot or moderate or lower, it, it the, the bargains of today will be, <laughs> in hindsight, the ones that benefit from whatever comes next. And that's the bit that I find taxes my investing brain. Not, not the. I mean, I love a bit of macroeconomics. I love a bit of you know policy thinking and just general kind of you know as you say parlor games. Mm. But that bit, that's where I, that's where I'm, you know, most exercised. Which stocks will benefit from high inflation is an interesting question. Will mm. there be high inflation? Is the is the is the the underlying question which determines whether or not these companies will actually do well in the long run. Yeah. Yep, and I shrug my shoulders and just don't even think about it. <laughs> can, Honestly, can you afford to do that though? I mean, yeah, that, I think you can. I think you well, can. Why, why do we not think about that? And but think about other things. Why? Why do we say, you know, I like the fact that company X is going going to grow at Y percent or sign up these customers or in this industry or whatever, mm, but mm. then exclude something that's so demonstrably, I would argue, important to their medium term futures. You know, if if. Uh, if the iron ore miners can't put their price up but have massive wage inflation, their margins mm. will be lower. Yep. And and that will that will meaningfully impact earnings in 2024 or 25. Yep. But I don't know I don't know whether it's going to happen or not. But if I get the assumption wrong or if I ignore it and it happens, either way, I still could be handed my backside. Not necessarily losing a fortune, but you know it, I think that's where I'm. That's what's taxing my brain. I haven't thought about inflation for 30 years. Cause we haven't had to. Now all of a sudden it's like, well, do we need to include it? Do we need to allow for it? Do we need to price for it? Yeah. Uh, so I guess part of it would be is like whatever happens in 2024, 20, 2025 is just, mm. you know, it's around the corner is in my <laughs> yeah. way of thinking. I'm, I'm yeah. not investing over that time frame. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm investing for the next 30, 40, actually forever. You know, the yeah, best right. investment time frame is forever. <laughs> exactly. And so it's kind of like I, I – I, so Buffett recently, I think last week, deployed about a third of his mountain of cash. Yeah, yeah. Now $51 billion. Right. He's the world's well, greatest we should, investor. Sorry, we should say quickly, I, don't think, I think it was deployed last week. It was reported last week. Oh, sorry. Just, no, not, not that it matters, just to be really clear to people. It wasn't like he went, last year was the time to go and spend a third. I think it was I think it was reported last week over for shares over a period of time before that. Right. I so lots of right. questions to him and Charlie at the meeting on inflation and what do you think? Yeah. Just total, total shoulder shrugs. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's hard. And these guys are doing the same thing that they've done for 50 years. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They're buying cash flows. Yeah. They're buying future cash flows and they're trying to get it at a sensible price. They go, we'll have periods of high interest rates, we'll have periods of mm-hmm. low inflation, high inflation, we'll have mm-hmm. recessions, we'll have all of this kind of stuff. But when your investment time frame is forever, mm-hmm. uh, and these are gentlemen in their 90s, right? <laughs> and they're investing with that mindset. Yeah. What matters is it's a it's a relative game. I think yes. the people in Martin Place in the expensive Armani suits with the world's mm-hmm. best education are all trying to have this. They they're getting into this really interesting game theory dynamics yeah. where it's all about trying to second guess what others are going to think and therefore position for that. Yeah, and, this. Right. and it just it's too yeah. hard. I'm not. Yeah, I just put yeah, my yeah. hand. I'm not smart enough. And I and yeah. frankly, I don't think yeah. anyone's smart enough to do it. And when the world's smartest investors are going, look, we're not. Mm. I'm not, and they are not, and I am not saying it's not important. It, it's absolutely important, yep. but it's also unpredictable. Yep. So I spend my time trying to make sure that the ship doesn't have any leaks in it. The sails are strong. The rigging's tight. I'm, I'm not. I'm not just trying to forecast what the weather's going to be like just a little bit over the horizon. It's, it's too hard. Whatever comes my way, I just want to make sure that my ship is in really good shape. And yeah. and it's, it sounds <laughs> sounds so. What's the word? It's, it also sounds negligent is what it sounds like. <laughs> but that's that's what it is. Um, I, 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 so I, I, hear your, I hear what you're saying, mm. but I would like to think that um, – I would like to think that the companies that I've got in my portfolio – and I've been, I've been tweaking and changing and adjusting and, you know, re- reconsidering and all of that kind of stuff. But broadly speaking, I think I own little bits of some pretty cool companies – that in mm. 10 years' time are going to be much bigger companies than they are today. What's the economic environment going to be like then? What's it going to be like along the way? I don't know. Yeah. But I think yeah. relative to what other options are out there, I think they'll probably do better than most. So does that mean I end up with a 5% compound annual return over that period or a 20%? I don't know. But it'll probably, yeah. probably be positive, probably be above the average rate of inflation, mm. and I'll probably be wealthier than it is. And it's, you know, I'm not driving a Ferrari next week with this strategy. <laughs> In fact, if you ever see me driving a Ferrari, feel free to slap <laughs> me because I've got better use of money. Um, but, but do you know what I mean? I, I think, I think yeah. that's the, the people who do really well at this game, if you make a study yeah. of the great investors, they're so f- rare mm. and they're so few and far yeah, between right. because they, they don't play the game. Yep. They don't. They don't. And they, it, it's not. It's not that they're better at the game. They don't. Yep. Pl- they're playing a different game. Is probably the way to do it. Can and I, they. And I that's. Guess. And that's why they all. We always see these articles. Oh, you know, Buffett. Up until mm-hmm. recently, Buffett mm-hmm. was derided as like, oh, uh-huh. he's underperformed. You know, no, again and again. And now he's now, now he's having his moment in the sun again. Yeah, and yeah. fast forward, if he's still yeah, kicking yeah. in in ten years' time, there'll be yeah, oh, yeah. he's lost that again. He's just not playing that game. He doesn't give and a to your stuff. point, mate. It wasn't the fact that Buffett did anything different. It's just it, the time of the sun is great because in my head, I'm like, you know what? He's got his time in the sun. You know why? Because the sun's come around again. Yeah. He's done his own thing. He has. He hasn't changed to get into the spotlight. It's like, oh wait, the sun will rise again, and when it does, I'll be here. Yeah. That, that's. It's. It's almost like you know, um, be, being in the right place is not about putting yourself where the sun is going to. It, sorry, being in the right place, not doing something different, chase the sun. It's like knowing where the sun's going to be and just simply waiting for it to arrive. Uh, it's that, that's. Yep. You know. So I got. A, I got a mate who's a fund manager. I was speaking to him the mm. other day. I said, oh, gee, you know, it's tough out there at the moment. He goes, you know what the hard part is? <laughs> it's not the. The hard part is managing the clients. That's the yeah, hard oh, absolutely. part. You know, absolutely. That, look, it sucks. There's some paper losses there, but actually yeah. we're really excited. It's a lot of stuff yeah. we've wanted to own for a while. We're, we're yeah. trying to deploy as much as we can. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this this fund will hopefully outlive me. I'm trying to invest for multi-decade kind of periods. 
You know, am I that stupid to think that this was never going to happen? Like, obviously, <laughs> I'm going to sail through these periods. In fact, not just once, yeah. twice, but lots of times, lots and lots and lots of times. Um, it's it's the phone calls of of the people ringing up <laughs> saying, "What are you going to do about inflation and, and this and <laughs> how are you right, repositioning right. for that?" And like, what? Right. No, I'm not doing that. And, and that's that's the beauty of being a private investor mm-hmm. and and deploying your because you you can choose the game that you want to play. Now, that doesn't. I mean, you're guaranteed to have some really rough periods. We've said before, you and I, mm-hmm. we're not we're not having a great year. <laughs> Correct. Uh, I sleep really well at night. I sleep yeah. really well at night. Yeah. And yeah. because I, I, one, it was not a surprise. Like it was always <laughs> going to happen. It'll happen again. True. But I feel as though we'll come out the other side. We either come out the other side or it's Mad Max Fury Road, mm. right? In which case I don't give, <laughs> I don't give a stuff about my portfolio because I'm that trying to like fight exactly. the zombies off. You know? Exactly, exactly. You know, the best portfolio is the shotgun and the seeds portfolio. <laughs> so, uh, so it's either that, which, is, which yeah. would suck, yeah. or yeah. It would suck, yeah. humanity goes on to, to better yeah. things in, in its usual two-step forward, one-step backward kind of way and we'll have some yeah. some dark times and some good times but you know it's it's it is it is what it is this this is about long-term wealth creation stewarding your money so you're talking about some of the some of the people you know welfare recipients and the rest of it doing it tough with inflation even if you go further along the spectrum there it's i forget the exact number but it's some some insanely high number of people live paycheck to paycheck on good jobs yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about people enough. who own houses on good jobs. Yep. yep. You know, my granddad was a bank manager back in the day for NAB. Mm-hmm. And I remember he used to say, because you go, oh, wow, look at their house. They're really rich. And you go, mm. <laughs> you'd be surprised. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it, 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 so you can have people in very nice suburbs with a lot of nice toys <laughs> who yeah. are paycheck to paycheck. And, and I kind of think you. Uh, I don't have much – I have a huge amount of sympathy for the people who are disadvantaged in our society. For those people, I kind of think, you idiots. You yeah, know, yeah. You, 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 have, you are living a great lifestyle and it's mm-hmm. all good and well while the music's playing. But for goodness sakes, put something aside. You know, have something for the rain because these things are going to happen. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, we get, we get, very, <laughs> we get very close to our uh, – we get very close to our, our – Lifestyles tend to run ahead of our incomes a lot of the time. And that's that's one of the biggest the biggest challenges. Yeah. Um, so okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna agree with you completely, mate. I want to make a, I want to make a particular point because the don't do anything differently assumes you're doing the right thing in the first place, right? Yes. Which which you 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 which I am. without a hint of no no, 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 no. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not directing this to you at all. My my point is broadly we say you know what is Buffett doing differently? Nothing. He's just doing what he always does. Which is absolutely true. And I think that's what the point I wanted to make was a lot of people have invested over the last X years, frankly, decades, not worrying about inflation. Yeah. And if you, you know, I think there's, there's there two, there's, saying do nothing differently assumes that what you're doing in the first place was right and yes. is a strategy that works for an inflationary environment. Yep. And so that's the kind of point I guess I wanted to draw was there are a whole lot of businesses who have done well over the last 10, 20, 30 years who we will say, based on history. Gee, I'm a smart person. I bought X. It's done really well. I'm doing investing well. I'm going to keep doing the same thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that is not the same as Buffett doing the same thing because Buffett has said, I know how to invest. I know that pricing power matters. I know that brands matter. I know that understanding a business's growth potential and cash flows matters. I'm going to keep doing that. I look like a deal when shares are going up because I'm not riding the wave. But when they come crashing back down, I'm going to keep sailing. Yeah. And I think there's a whole lot of people Hopefully not too many of our listeners. Some will absolutely just because that's life. Um, there'll be stocks I own that I've I've made that mistake, and I'm sure. Um, but 
it's just I just want to make that point, mate, because mm. doing nothing different is the right strategy as long as you're doing the right thing in the first place. It's easy to believe that if you've done well over the last four or five years, shares are up. See, I'm a genius. I made a lot of money in these stocks. It's the turkey story. Right? Well, yeah. but, the, but that's <laughs> – yes, it is the turkey. Andrew <laughs> loves the turkey story. Listen, <laughs> I, 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 I guess my better judgment, Andrew, because it's new and because some people wouldn't, won't have heard the turkey story, can you please find <laughs> an abbreviated version so I can get on with what I was saying? I'll tell a very, very short version is that Thank the uh, turkey's <laughs> in his cage uh, and uh, the other the other farm animals say, you got to watch that farmer guy. He's, he's bad. He's bad juju. You want to stay away from him? Like, what are you talking about? He puts me in this lovely cage – uh, he keeps the foxes out. He feeds me. You know, I, he does everything. Life is good. Everything to everything in my since I was a chick. My whole life experience has taught me that this guy has nothing but my best interests at heart. <laughs> and then Thanksgiving rocks around. It's an American story. Thanksgiving rocks around, and his story and his um his his, his, his head gets chopped off. And it's I think it was for a, a tel, from. Fooled by Randomness, I think, right, is where right, I first right. read it, which is a okay. Nicholas Taleb book, which yeah. is basically that that past experience can be a poor predictor of future experience in certain situations. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I'll let you finish your story, but I think what, what you're, you're you're talking there, I'm going, yep, 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 and I 100 percent agree. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to segue off into a different tangent, but that's property but. investing for me. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. There you go. I'm just gonna drop the mic. Go. Say that and drop the mic. <laughs> if you just say Bitcoin, we can start the podcast now and go on. Oh, okay, let's yep. go. <laughs> no, that's not. Um, yes. So look, yeah, that, and that's and that's a perfect analogy, uh, metaphor, whatever you want. Metaphor, metaphor. What's a metaphor? I don't know. What is it for? Uh, <laughs> um, the, Allegory. Uh, there you go. Exactly. Allegory, I like it. Uh, so, yes, my point is just that doing nothing differently is smart as long as you have a portfolio of stock selection that is a that is a uh, group of companies designed for any circumstance and particularly for a infl- uh, circumstance where high inflation or may be something that would otherwise dent your returns. If you have a commodity business in your portfolio that can't put prices up but is going to have increased costs, you are going to have increased – oh, I was going to say crosses. You'll have lower profits by definition. Mm. If you don't have pricing power, so those types of problems, if you can't pass on cost increase, if you don't can't hedge those cost increases, if you are a business that has a lot of debt, it's going to pay more interest on bank debt, for example. And if you're a commodity business, that you know these things can get really ugly really fast. Some of those companies have been wonderful investments in a falling or flat rate environment with no inflation. That's the turkey, right? So some turkeys are. I won't even try and talk to the analogy. You get the idea. Um, some businesses are going to be completely fine and are the turkey that never gets its head chopped off. Others, unfortunately, you own some turkeys, which is a lovely, by the way, uh, word to use because it means a lot of different things. And literally, a turkey is a, a terrible thing, a bad thing, you know. Uh, so, yes, if you own some turkeys, have a think about how they will perform. And I reckon people should do things differently if you look at it and say, I got lucky, I was right, I didn't realise, I don't know, whatever. Just, just think through your portfolio. Go down with a you know, pen and paper and go, right, what happens to this? Is this company completely fine during a, a period of high inflation? If not, have a think. And then there is going to be an implication if inflation – if it doesn't come, you're fine. But bear in mind, the circumstances your companies are operating in are different today and in a year's time probably and maybe even in three or five years' time than they have been in the past five, 10 or 15 years and just allow for the fact that maybe it's a turkey, maybe it's not. Uh, but just, just keep that in mind. Yeah, I, I saw a good tweet from Ian Castle, a US investor, um, and he he basically 
to paraphrase, was just basically saying, whenever I buy, I'm assuming mm-hmm. that it's going to be tough times ahead. So, mm-hmm. so it removes that predictive macro element. So it's just like, mm-hmm. is inflation going to do the interest rates or you know, recession? Or, I, I don't know. Let's say, let's say yes. Let's say we're going to go into a very tough period over the next yeah. five years. Yeah. What do I buy under that situation? Yes. Not necessarily that you know, I'm going for hyper-defensive or it's all going in gold Correct. or anything Correct. like that. I'm wanting to buy a productive enterprise here. I want to buy an mm-hmm. enterprise that is, that is throwing cash out free cash flow mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. is available to shareholders that is going to grow at an attractive mm-hmm. rate over time and will be able to more or less do that. Obvi- obviously, it's going to be much harder to do that in a difficult situation. And in some situations, maybe it goes back and it pulls back a little bit. But a business that continues to do its thing, that's what I want. If there's anything out there that looks super sexy right now, has these great addressable markets and strong top-line growth, but maybe bleeding cash and only works when, when the stars are aligned – as tempting as that is, like the answer is no, because it, it's again when and if the music stops, that is absolutely not the place that that you want to be. And the really hard thing about that is not sort of the exercise and going through it. The really hard thing about that is saying, "Yep, that makes sense. I'm going to do that." And then over the next four or five years, watching everyone else get rich who did do that, and here you are thinking, "I did the right thing. I did the sensible thing. I did. I I did. I did that, which ensured that I would never." Uh, blow up. And what's my reward? My reward is serious underperformance while everyone else is driving their Ferraris. Um, that's the hard part. Mm, mm, Yet, yeah, it, yeah. It, if there is one thing that matters with investing is yeah. above everything else, it's surviving. <laughs> you know, if you don't survive, yeah. Yeah, you know, right. endurance is the key. Yep. yep. Endurance yep. is the key. And so- Never go back to square one. Absolutely. It, you know, it's, it's speaking of metaphors or allegories or whatever it is, it's the hair and the tortoise. It's exactly yeah. that, you know. Fables. What's that? Fables. Fables, thank case. you. Thank Fables. You. It, but it's, it's exactly that. And yeah. it sucks. It, it totally is, isn't it? It really <laughs> does. Look, try, take it from someone who, in, if I could go back in time, I would have bought 10 yeah, hyper-leveraged right. two-bedroom oh, units in yeah, Sydney, absolutely. right? Like, I would have, I'd be something, like, why wouldn't I? I'd make a fortune. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. But I didn't because I, I yeah. thought that, well, if it does, you know, certain scenarios, it, it ends up really yeah. badly. And it's hard yeah. and it's really painful. But but you know I I'll, I'll survive. <laughs> um, there's a song in there somewhere, and 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 over the very long term, it will compound at very attractive rates, and that's okay. Yes. My my job is not to sit on my deathbed and go, I was the world's greatest investor who achieved the highest compound returns that ever graced the earth. My yep. my my job. That's my job. My, that's your job. My job is just to make sure that I'm an, yeah. I'm an effective steward of my capital, Correct. Correct. that I've grown my family's wealth at an attractive. I am not. I am not going to die in misery if it turns yeah. out that you know Andrew, you underperformed the benchmark by one percent over your career. I'm like, well, that kind of sucks. But I enjoyed it, and I still grew my money at an incredibly totally. crazy rate over a long yeah. period of time. And I, and I, I'm okay and I with a, that. I had a portfolio that was not taking undue risk that I thought was best placed to do well. And I, and I did it soberly and thoughtfully, and that's what I did. Yep. That, that's a perfect, perfect one yep, to go. Yep. And as Mark Twain Love said, it. whoever, insert famous yes. person here. Um, JP Morgan. There's nothing, JP Morgan. <laughs> there's nothing worse than watching your neighbour get rich. And, <laughs> exactly. You know, and it's that's hard. Right. As I, I just I'm really going to emphasize that yep, point. Totally. You sort of, yes. you can, you can, and, and it, Markets can stay irrational far longer than you can stay liquid. You know, you, you, yeah. you, you, these periods can go on forever, what feels like forever, and all it does yeah. is rub your nose in it. But that was John Maynard Keynes, by the way. I've just looked that one up. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, but, you know, the, yeah. the, the, the right thing to do is usually the hard thing to do. 
I think that, yeah, so that's, that's so two things. I think that's right. Absolutely be careful of the risks you're taking. Be careful of, of envy. So, you know, back to the seven deadly sins. And yeah. also be careful of hubris. Yeah. Plenty of people who got 20, 30, and 40% returns, annual returns, went, how good am I? I'm a genius. This thing can't possibly go wrong. And then guess what? Hubris is going to bite you in the backside and it's going to bite hard, baby. And that's okay. Just just recognize that if you're, if you're doing better than Warren Buffett for any length of time, it's probably the market who's wrong rather than you being right. That's all I'm saying. It's possible. It's possible. You may be the person who can best Buffett at this thing. The chance of it really, 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 really small. If, you, if you've decided for yourself that you can do that sort of stuff and you're a, some sort of genius, well... Good, good luck because it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, unless you are Warren Buffett, expecting you can be Warren Buffett is about the, the most hubristic, is hubristic a word it is now? Uh, it's about the most hubristic you can be, I think. Can I, can I, look, this is going to sound like a boast. It's not. Um, humble, so hashtag pri- humble brag coming. Humble right, brag coming. Prior, I, I set up a, a family trust in 2013. All right. Uh, as I, you know, I've told the story. We sold our house. Yes. We chucked everything in the market and- uh, up to a, a year ago or something, I was sitting on a forty percent plus compound return. Right? Like how? That's du- for those playing at home. That's double Warren Buffett's long term average, right? Yeah. So how how much of a genius am I? Let me tell you today that average has come back a long way because you know IT tech stocks are down about forty percent peak to trough. Um, so yeah. it's it's kind of like now again look. You know, don't feel sorry for me. The average is still pretty decent, um, yeah. but it is. But it, 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 it that pride before I've definitely found myself a bit of extra spring in my step. You know, <laughs> woo! I've got to figure it out, baby. Oh, and it's just like, well, what I can do. <laughs> and then, and then in some cold reflection, yep. I've said this yep. to you before. It's like, oh, I'll, I'm the first person to sort of, you know, pat myself on the back and yeah, self congratulate. Yeah. But, but you know what happened there? I felt as though I picked some good companies. And I put, picked mm. them. I felt for good reason. A lot of, lot of duds in there, by the yeah. way. So that's that's an average. But, but, but what I didn't <laughs> account for and what I didn't plan for mm. was the massive multiple expansion. Yeah. So, so did I think you know company X was going to grow well and it was a good company? Yep. Did I think the market was going to go from three times sales to twenty times sales? That was that was never in the investment thesis. Just like just right place, right time, right market conditions. It just went wow, and it was just brilliant. And obviously, you can think, oh, I could have should have sold and saw it coming and the rest of it. But again, it's just not the mm-hmm. game that I'm playing. I will. I w- I fully expect going forward. I will have multi-year run periods of returns like that. But I also know that I will have multi-year run periods where it's negative. Like yeah. to, to use the parlance yeah, of the market, yeah. I'm going to have a very high beta. So when the markets go down, I'm going to go down much, much, much more. <laughs> you get one jargon word per podcast, mate. After that, I'm going to start talking to right. play. It's, just, um, it's, a way of, yes. it's a way of measuring uh, volatility relative to the market. And and that means that that and this is the this is the situation with our straw man index at the moment mm-hmm. massively outperform on the upside massively underperform on the downside now yeah. you wash that through and you and you last long enough it actually turns out to be pretty good but 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 uh, uh, what's the word Pre- you got to be prepared for that mm-hmm. it doesn't you yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't get to have all those great times <laughs> and not right. have the bad times when you employ that's a, right. that that's right. you know as a very much growth mm-hmm. very much small cap very much tech and and yeah it's and, and so again it wasn't a, it sounded, a sounded like yeah. a humble brag it, i'm actually trying to sort of say you know it 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 it, it, it feels good while it lasts it will not always last, and it, what, there is a very strong mean reversion with all of with all of that. So it's it's to your point, really. It's just like make sure you're doing the right thing in the first place. Correct. 
I feel as though I kind of was, but but part of that is it needs to be a, hard, a cold, hard reality recognition mm. that that there will be mean reversion, and that that average is going to come way back lower uh, at, at at times. So I'm going to just I'm going to try and put a pin in this one so we move on. But I think that idea of don't change anything as long as your strategy allows for an, env- an environment where inflation is high and interest rates are higher. Yeah. So as long as as long as you've bought companies that can be successful through that period, if it when it comes, if and when it's higher than we thought, um, you want businesses that can survive and thrive through that. If you have invested accordingly, and the benefit of being an old bloke like you and I, Andrew, but an older bloke like Warren and Charlie, is they've they they've they know what sort of things can happen and they're prepared for them, not because they predict them, just because they're bought businesses that will survive and thrive in those sort of environments. And that to my mind is is the key one. It's not a case of, you know, don't don't do the same thing you've always done if the thing you've always done is not something that is genuinely an all-weather strategy mm. that can, not all-weather as in goes up in every market, but an all-weather as in I will get through and create value over long periods of time. Yep. And, and just one more quick thing just to put myself back in my place here. So for the last mm. six, I've just opened up ShareSite. The last six months, I'm down 29%. So it's close to a third of my wealth is, is evaporated. Um but the thing that, again, as I say, I sleep very well at night is that no one's knocking on my door saying you're, you have to sell the rest to cover a margin call or any – there is, there is no scenario in which um, I, I, am, I am a forced seller. So, I, so again, it's, it's, it's brutal, but I'll survive. And I'm, yeah. I'm going to be here at the bottom just because I'm going to be here at the top and the bottom and the middle because I'm just going to be here the whole way through. And, uh, and that'll, that'll turn around, you know. So oh. it's, it's – yeah. Just, just, just. What, what does Buffett say? Leverage is the only way a smart person can go broke. I so, know. so you can so expect those big falls. They'll happen, yes. but just, just make sure when they do, you don't get wiped out. And I would say leverage on both company and investor levels, right? So it's yes. also the only way a good company can get wiped out. Um, so just be careful there, mate. Here I, we're going to share some numbers. We won't do this as a separate topic because we spent a long time on that one, which is really useful. And, and thank you for sharing your thoughts. I hope, dear listener, you've you've got something from that. Um, be prepared for what's coming. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. Here is a tweet. Jonathan Farrow is the guy's name who tweeted this. I, I, someone else retweeted it. I picked it up. He's in... Uh, oh, he works for Reuters. So there you go. Oh, Reuters? Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, Bloomberg, maybe. Stand by. Bloomberg he works for. There we go. Uh, the tweet says, Carnage so far in 2022. I will date stamp this. This is the 12th of May, 6.24 a.m. So Thursday morning, we record this on Thursday, so it was relatively fresh when I when I picked it up. Here we go. Carnage so far in 2022. Netflix, minus 72.4%. This is so far. This is not last 12 months. This is in 2022, last five, four and a bit months. Netflix, minus 72.4% equals worst year on record. Facebook, minus 43.9% equals worst year on record. Amazon, minus 36.8%, worst year since 2008. Tesla, minus 30.5%, worst year on record. Microsoft, minus 22.5%, worst since 2008. Google, minus 21.6%, worst since 08. Apple, minus 17.5% in 2022, worst since 08. It is a, a remarkable tale of woe. I will say I own shares in Amazon and Google from that list um, for, the, for full disclosure. Uh, it's, a, it's a hell of a fall. Netflix has lost three quarters of its value in four months. Mate, I, I, 
you talk about margin expansion, multiple expansion. So I don't want to spend too. Uh, firstly, the US stocks, but frankly, there's plenty of Australian examples that are really similar. I think Atlassian's down by fifty percent from its highs. Um, obviously, US listed company, but but home to or, or owned by uh, predominantly Mike Cannon Brooks and Scott Farquhar, Australians. Um, there'll Legends. be lots and lots and lots of exactly plenty of Australian companies with exactly those sort of stats. Mm. I. I'm going to ask you outright what investors should think about those numbers. So not – it hurts like hell, obviously. I owned, I said two of those. Uh, I'm, I'm, I own all of them I'm, for the record through, through I, an ETF. I was going to say yeah. – yeah, I was about to say I also own the NASDAQ ETF. Uh, so I, I do too indirectly. Um, what is going on, mate? Um, do, we, do we look at this and say it's life? Do we look at this and say, man, they're down so far – um, this is terrible. Do we say they're down so far? This is a bargain. Um, investors are owning some of these and and some Australian equivalents mm. and are hurting like buggery right now. And I I don't know if I'd have a look back. I dare say Netflix is probably up some ridiculous amount since further back, and this is just four months. So maybe it, maybe it doesn't matter. Maybe four months doesn't matter, or maybe they were stupidly expensive, and this is the this is the reckoning. Maybe they were reasonably priced, and this is just bargain territory. Mm. How do you think through these sort of falls on these companies, maybe in particular, but then generally? Yeah, so I I, I got a few thoughts on it. I feel as I said this to you before the pod. I feel as though if ever look, I, I've just made this big argument of just stay invested, right? So mm-hmm. so take what I say next with a grain of salt. If yeah. ever you were going to sell because you were worried about what markets may or may not do. That opportunity's kind of passed, right? You don't wait for Netflix to fall seventy-two <laughs> percent and <laughs> then sell. <laughs> yeah, like that right. chance is passed. That's right. Um, that being <laughs> said, and there's always a but. The but mm-hmm. is actually. So I, I've just brought up that tweet that you mentioned, and then someone's replied to it and says, "Actually, rem- reminds me a bit of two thousand. S and P was down about seventeen percent, but within that, significant damage." And there's a couple of things you notice in there. Amazon was around, Apple was around, Cisco was around, uh, Intel, huge falls, huge falls. Yeah, yeah, yeah massive. Um, there was also Booking.com. There mm-hmm. was also Motorola. There was also companies, I don't even know what the hell they are because I don't remember them because they don't <laughs> exist anymore. Give me, give me some names so if uh, I can- so uh, I can Skyworks Solutions, uh, oh, Illumina. No. Um, no. Maybe someone will, will write and go, actually, Andrew, it's up 20X since then. I don't solutions. know. You know, uh, Corning, uh, Applied Materials. So so my point yeah. is is that, again, yeah. generalizations are very dangerous in investing. So I, w- I look at those numbers that you read out. Never, uh, ever, ever generalize. Never, ever generalize. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would say- Within that list, there's going to be some absolutely phenomenal companies that we will look yeah. back in five years' time, 10 years' time and just go, wow, mm-hmm. wow. I, you're telling me I could have bought Netflix at that price? There'll be others we'll look back in 10 years' time and go, oh, what was that? Oh, that's right. That was that company that tried to do this and went bankrupt. So so it, it depends, I think. I think a lot of these falls are actually, it's not the market being irrational now. I think the market was irrational post-pandemic where it just got, okay. they got bid up to great companies. Great. Mm. I think Tesla's a great – I'm really coming around on Tesla. I think it's a great company. Mm-hmm. Apple, great company. Google, great company. They just, they just started to get to prices that just, just didn't make sense. And the pendulum swung too far. Arguably, the pendulum is swinging too far back the other way now. So it's a long way of sort of saying is, uh, is uh, just because they're falling a lot doesn't necessarily make them cheap. 
Um, if you were going to sell, it's probably too late now. You're selling maybe at the point of capitulation, but it depends on the business. And always look at the business and what you think its cash flows will be and what you think the price says in relation to that. <laughs> That's not the answer that people want because that means oh, what? I have mm. to go and do a lot of work? Yeah, you do, unfortunately. Um, yeah. But that's that's the answer because if it wasn't, you know, we'd, we'd all be Warren Buffett. Is it too cute to say, well, obviously they were, over, uh, they were too expensive in hindsight. Obviously the correction was warranted. We weren't saying that six months ago and saying, man, Phillips, what are you still doing with those Google shares? Man, you're an idiot. What are you doing with those Amazon shares? You're yeah. selling them by now. Netflix, who owns Netflix? You're an idiot. Sell it. Um, I don't know that, by the way. Uh, but of course, all the Nasdaq ETF, right? They, those, things are, those things are available to me then. Um, was it hubris at the time? Is there is there a is there a risk that we do look back with some sort of faux sobriety? Hindsight or fake bias. Or, mm. well, well, yeah, but but both ways, right? Like mm. we tend to think that now is real and the past was bad. So when shares go up, obviously mm. they were cheap. Look how far they've gone up. Mm. Obviously they were expensive. Look how far they've come down. We some we, I think we as investors, not not you and I, although you, you and I are extra special and whatever. <laughs> but uh, but so but my broadly. Well, exactly, that's right. My mum loves me too, um, which which is at least one person. My wife does most of the time. Uh, it's uh, but you know there, there is isn't there some isn't there some some part of us which sort of likes to think that now is real and therefore before was the problem. I'm not saying that I'm not saying the shares were worth that then either. By the way, I, I don't I don't have a strong view on. We'll see again. Time will tell, right? In in, mm. in five years' time, if Netflix is back to that level and higher or much higher, we're like, wow, this was a bargain time to buy. Mm. Or maybe at that point they'll be too expensive as well because they will have gone back up and the margins will be, you know, the, the multiples will be too high. Yeah. But isn't that kind of the problem that we kind of look at now and say now is real, then is wrong, either too cheap or too expensive? I I feel as though. This is maybe my ego trying to protect itself, but I feel as though, in fact, even on this podcast, you and I were sort of saying, eh, you know, some pretty high valuations that are out there. Mm-hmm. But I mean, to, to your earlier point, sticking to your knitting, sticking to your strategy, sticking to your approach, I, I feel as though a lot of investors were mm-hmm. saying things are expensive. Um, but we weren't selling. I, I didn't sell anything, for example, right? Exactly. So even, even if I did, even yep. if I did apply, yep. imply that, yep. and I, I, t- I tweeted ages ago. I'll, I'll find it just because that's one. I said something like, if if tech stocks are you know whatever too expensive, then maybe it's now. But but I yep. happily own my Google shares, and I was I bought some Amazon shares, mate. I, I'm going to say close to what ended up being the peak. Mm. I, had, I had a small amount of money in the US account for reasons I got some long, long story, it doesn't really matter, um, like a, a fraction of my portfolio, tiny fraction of my portfolio. But I mm. bought some Berkshire and some Amazon and mm. I think some Markel um, at, that oh, yeah. t- at that time, just, just kind of rounding up, getting rid of some cash that was there. And I, 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 if I look back, I probably picked the top on Amazon, right? I was mm. happy to buy at those prices. So I wasn't just saying, oh, it takes me expensive. Like, you know what? I think Amazon's going to be worth a whole lot more in the years to come. Maybe that was hubris. Maybe now we're, you know, um, maybe now it's hubris. Looking backwards, thinking we now we know the truth because we were wrong then. Are we going to be equally wrong no, six months? No, no, I don't think we go, were wrong. No, Amazon's I, tripled? No, Man, no. we were wrong back in no. May 2022. I'll go back to my earlier point. What, what, what game are we playing? And I know what game you're playing, which is the same one as I, which is not trying to time the market and just trying to stay invested. And what right. happened? You got a bit of extra cash in your pocket. What did you do? You put it in the market. And you, as a professional investor, had some thoughts on valuations and thought, yep. yeah, yeah, it seems a little bit high, but, you know, <laughs> putting this aside for the next 50 years or whatever. So yep. you, you're you not playing that game. And I, I wasn't either. So I, I would, I, look, I'm, again, maybe I'm trying to, trying to remember <laughs> things in a very favourable yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. But I, I feel as though, I feel as genuinely though, as though, yeah, a lot of us did sort of say that prices were expensive. Now, the danger of – and so then people will naturally go, oh, well, if you thought that, why didn't you sell? Well, uh, dear listener, I would say that a lot of very <laughs> smart people 
We're also saying that in 2017 and right. in 2018. Yes, yes. And any time yes. someone tried to sell because the market looked expensive on a historical basis, while yeah. in this instance, actually, yes, in, yeah, yeah, Captain Hindsight would have been great to sell. <laughs> but 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 in but in, in all yeah. of those other instances, it was absolutely the worst thing to, to do. Yeah. Um, uh, right, so, right, right. So so <laughs> stay invested. The exception that proves the rule, right? Yeah. Have, yeah. have a yeah. view. Have a view. I had a view. Yeah. I thought some things are more expensive than others. I thought generally tech, there was, particularly within some, well, we had a lot of discussions and debates on Afterpay was the yeah. one that I just kept on having to defend on, on yeah. uh, well, defend my <laughs> bearish views on on Ausbiz and the like. And just, it was yeah. just crazy expensive. It was crazy expensive. But, but you know, if, if, if your game is to therefore then try and react on that on a short-term basis on valuations and move in and out and in and out, well, then good luck to you and be like every other idiot fund manager out there who's trying to do that and, yeah. you know, failing miserably at it. I'm speaking yeah. in general, generalization. There's obviously lots of exceptions to the rule there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, just just kept on – keep on building. There's, that, there's a great saying in oh, – um, oh, what's the context of it? It might be a crypto context, so I won't go. Mark I won't. JP Morgan. But it's just, it's just, it's just that idea of I love the. You know, if, if there's anything I want as an epitaph on my tombstone, it's keep building, mm. just keep yeah, building, right. up, yeah. down, sideways, whatever. What's your strategy? It's build. Dollar cost averaging at work, mate. That's just build. Just, just build. build. What, what are you doing? Yep. What? Hey, yep. Marcus, doing this. What are you doing right now? I'm building. Trying to, I'm trying to earn. There's, there's, uh, as an individual, I have a profit and loss statement. It's my income statement. Yeah, yeah. It's what I do day to day to try and make money. And then I have a balance sheet. And I just want to build that baby. I just want to build and build and build and build. Good times I'll be building. Bad times I'll yeah, be like building. It. And in the like over in the, in, the income side, I'm just going to you know try and do as best I can to earn a crust in this in this crazy world. But yeah. the rest of it is is just build and compound. Full stop. Can I share something? Uh, I own shares in Shopify, so I, I feel a little bit self-conscious, not because I'm worried about having owned those shares, but I don't want to be seen to talk my book in this example. But what I, firstly, I would say to people, just be careful buying shares in companies that have to raise capital because you are reliant, as Warren Buffett says, on the kindness of strangers and mm. you never want to be in that position, right? If you're reliant, we saw um, one of those uh, two-hour grocery businesses go into administration last week. I think it was maybe the week before because yeah. they just couldn't raise any more capital. They raised yeah. capital in October. They couldn't raise capital in April. They just had to shut the doors. Yeah. Yeah. If you're reliant on the kindness of strangers in whatever form, debt, capital mm. raising, anything, be mm. very, very, very careful. Because if you're not, and I don't know whether Shopify is or not, frankly, I'd have to have a look. Uh, I don't know what their intention is in terms of raising more capital, but I imagine they don't have to, hopefully. Mm. Um, but that's aside, beside the point. For those companies that aren't necessarily reliant on, the best CEOs, the best boards, the best directors, the best shareholders will be saying, just do your thing. Mm. Jeff Bezos for years at Amazon. That's mm. one of the reasons I love Amazon is he's just, look, do, just do your thing. Just build a business. Mm. Don't worry about the share price. Um, the, the vice, one of the vice presidents at Shopify sent an email to the, to the staff of Shopify and, and talked about what they're doing. And it just, it struck me, maybe I want to believe to your point about, you know, confirmation bias and, and, and wanting something to salve the, uh, the wounds. Uh, Kaz, I'm going to screw up his name. I'm going to say Nejation, N-E-J-A-T-I-N, Nejation, I'm going to say, I'm sure that's wrong. So someone let me know um, and apologies for getting that wrong. He wrote an email to the staff and they, they, apparently Shopify don't, often or if ever talk about the share price internally because it's like we're going to keep building the business mm. he mentioned it he bought some shares uh, it's neither here nor there um, apparently bought, he liquidated some, some of his family portfolio bought some Shopify shares so apparently that's the story separate to that though um, it, it, this is kind of the content I'll just, I'll just summarize quickly it quotes a decade ago no one thought Shopify would be able to get over the fact that entrepreneurs frequently fail 
Even people who really believed in Shopify thought at max success, Shopify would end up with tens of thousands of merchants. You proved them wrong. Eight years ago, no one thought Shopify could work for large merchants. Four years ago, no one thought Shopify would be able to launch shop pay installments, balance, market, shipping platform, da-da-da. And he says, he says, we will prove them wrong again, over and over again. We have done this every year because we've taken more challenges every year. Mm. Whenever else we sought reward from safety, we have sought reward from serving others and from taking risks. Now, it's, it's a pretty, it's a pretty you know, rah-rah email. It's trying to motivate the staff, and I think that's great for what it's worth. That's what, that's what management's supposed to do is to point people in a direction, encourage them and, and motivate them and resource them to achieve those things. But it's just a reminder that, you know, if we, we, you and I talk about share prices and, and companies a lot, right? And, and so do every investor. We think about share prices and that's what we get told. Day in, day out, month in, month out, week in, week out. Price, 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 mm, price, price. Mm. It's just, and this is just, it just came up in my, my Twitter feed and I wanted to share it just because it's worth reminding this, your businesses are doing their thing. Shopify's out there building Shopify stuff, right? Amazon's out there building Amazon stuff. Woolworths is BHP, CSL, whoever, whichever company you own. I, I desperately hope that the CL board are, are thinking about the share price maybe hopefully once every couple of months. They're probably not because they have egos and whatever. But the best businesses are like, you know what? The share price is the share price. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. It doesn't matter to us. Unless we're raising capital, it's an entirely external problem. Mm. We're just going to go and keep growing our business. And so, again, it goes back to our point about what do you invest in and how do you think about inflation? The, you know, Yes, those the best businesses are factoring that in, trying to plan for it. But they're not worried about the share price. They're not worried about. They're just out there saying, "How do we maximise value for customers, for suppliers, for all stakeholders? How do we grow this business, make it more relevant over time?" They're the businesses that I think to you know which businesses do you want to buy? You want to buy and own those companies, the ones that are laser focused on improving their relationships with all of their stakeholders because they want to be the the preferred partner. Whether it's Mm -hmm. to their customers to to buy stuff from them, whether it's suppliers because you know you want to you want the best terms with the suppliers. You want the best, you know, you want to be favored by suppliers. Costco years ago, famously great story, Jim Senegal, the old CEO, sent a buyer back to the supplier and said to them, Hey, we negotiated this price. That's too cheap. We know it'll send you broke. We're going to pay you more for this widget. Right? How often does a company do that? Right? And as a shareholder, it's like, well, uh, you just cost me profits. Like, no, no, no. We want re- healthy relationships with healthy suppliers so we can serve our customers. So they went and actually literally paid overs versus what was negotiated because the CEO went, that's, we're, we're screwing our supplier. That's not, that's not a healthy. Now, not everyone's going to do that. Not everyone needs to be that. But if you can keep growing your business, if, if you focus on the business itself and you can find companies that are laser focused on just let the market do what the market does, we're going to grow the business. Buffett famously in 2001, I think, um, sent a memo to all of his uh, all of his CEOs saying, just widen your moats. Just don't worry about it. Just widen your moats. Yeah. I think it was in the wake of the terrorist attacks uh, on World Trade Center. Oh, yeah. It was yeah. just widen your moats, widen your moats, widen your moats. That was the story. Hmm. That's what you need to focus on. And I think the best businesses are doing that. Whether, whether Shopify does, whether it's successful, a whole different story. As I said, I own, I own a few shares. Um, it's not, not material to my, my portfolio, but um, you know, I, don't, I don't want to be seen to be, to be pushing it for the sake of it. Maybe Shopify fails from here, but they are, they're the sorts of things I, I like to see from, our, from the businesses that I own. Mm. I want to just focusing on creating long-term value for everybody, which ends up creating long-term value for shareholders. Forward thinkers, Shopify, they are... <laughs> They're accepting Bitcoin now. So there you go. Oh dear, oh dear. Uh, you know what? So you know what? I I am I'm I'm huge on great management. Huge on great management. It's everything. I heard I heard Toby Lukey, the CEO, talk to a founder talk to on a podcast, and that you know I knew the business. I knew about the business. That was the decision point, which I said, you know what? If this guy's running the business and he's doing his best to create value, I'm in. Mm. Now, 
of course, you look at the business, you look at the financials, not, not just that. But that was the point I was like, I'm going to, you know, if this checks out, I'm in. Because this is a guy who is going to, a bit like a, a bit of echo of Bezos to some degree, maybe even a little bit Buffety, but just that very clear idea of, you know, these these people are, are trying to create the best businesses they can. They're looking after their staff. They have a really switched on, thoughtful way of going about it. I mean, and, yep. and that was, you know, as you say, Matt, it's, it's not exactly everything, but it's pretty bloody close. Um, it's if so you can, important. If you can, if you can tick off the other boxes, uh, I, I would, I would, I would happily. Um, now, Buffett has said, by the way, that you know, management the reputation for brilliance and a business with reputation for bad economics. It's the business's really reputation that, that remains. You know, so I think Alan Joyce has done a spectacular job running Qantas and not buying Qantas because yep. the, the the financials are just crap and it's a terrible business model. But um, if you can find a good business run by a great manager, that is a, that is a wonderful, wonderful place to be. Uh, it, it so is. It's and just I, so yesterday. With Strawman, we spoke to CEO of um, uh, Pure Profile. It's a very small company. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so one of the members suggested it and said, yeah, I'll reach out. Martin Phils is the CEO. And I just didn't really know about it. They, they kind of do market research. It's like, that's a really mm-hmm. odd, you know, not my cup of tea. Yeah. He so impressed me though, mate. It just like it, 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 one of the questions we always ask is, well, why are you? What's, what's the sort of the competitive advantage that you have? And he's saying, well, it's actually very people-oriented oriented business. And they go out of their way to look after their people. So you get like these incredible employee benefits. You can work overseas for three months of the year. You get an extra day's annual leave for every year that you work there. There's free mm-hmm. exercise. There's just like they have a slide in their slide deck about this. Is, and yeah. just like, yeah. they, they, guess what? They have no churn uh, in, in, mm-hmm. their, in their staff. People turn up to work because they love working there. Yeah. Uh, and you just sort of like, you know, a lot of people sort of make noises about that kind of stuff. But it's mm-hmm. just sort of mm-hmm. like, I really, that really resonated. And then at the end, I actually, unfortunately, I killed the recording and just chatting afterwards. Mm-hmm. And um, he was talking a bit about the, the share price or whatever and just like, ah, it doesn't really make any difference to us. We're, we're cash flow positive. You know, it'd be nice. He said, mm-hmm. I said, well, like, yeah, if you're not raising cash, what is it matter? He goes, well, it does help in terms if we ever wanted to make a bolt on acquisition because it's a currency that we can mm-hmm. spend. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, yeah, I just don't, don't really – don't really care, and it just made a lot of these noises where the focus was just and 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 they're moving overseas, but it wasn't. Oh, we're going to do this, and we're going to get all this. Stuff. It's like no, no, no. We we put one person there. They've got two months to break even. If not, they're out. They focus on one particular niche. Mm. We try and get leverage there, mm. and it's really disciplined acquisition of capital. So again, I'm not. I don't own shares. I've only. Yeah, but just the point that you make here was someone long term focused not looking at the share price on a day-to-day basis, very acutely aware of the core sort of drivers of the business and what matters of the business and where are the areas that you as the CEO need to focus your attention. He just really impressed yeah. me. And yeah. management is management is just so important. Mm. I agree. I agree. Now let's uh, let's move on. It's kind of a it's a really important a really important conversation. Hopefully it's a it's um a useful job for our listeners. Um we got so much we want to talk about, mate. We want to talk about a whole lot of stuff. I do want to touch on the banks very quickly. I'm going to try and make us be quick because we've talked for longer than we probably should have already. Um, banks can't buy growth at the moment. And I have long been non-bullish on banks. I've never been out. Oh, well, there were times when PEs were getting close to 30. It was like, this is just stupid. So I have been, I have been absolutely bearish on banks. Um, I... Don't know what they're going to be able to do in the next four or five years to meaningfully impact or improve shareholder returns. Mm. They are roughly line ball on revenue. They are roughly line ball on 
uh, profits as a group, some up mm. a little bit, some down a little bit. Mm. They are really, really anemic numbers. Um, okay, a couple of banks were down profit-wise, a couple were up, like I'm talking low single-digit percentage, like worse than supermarkets type stuff. Mm. And that's after a year in which house price went up 24%. Now, housing isn't the bulk of most of the bank's loan books. It might be the bulk of CBAs, I think. Maybe it's the bulk of all of them, but business lending others are, are really important parts of their, mm. of their profit machines as well. Mm. But if they can't get profit growth after a year of 24% house price growth, given the credit growth that implies, yes, you know, most of their loan books are 5, 15, 25 years old. So they're rolling off slowly. It's a really nice 25 years of or 30 years of rising house prices is a lovely tailwind because you get to kind of Massive. keep that as they keep paying off those loans. Mm. But when that goes, if that goes in a reversal, this stagnates and, and most of the big banks are saying it's going to stagnate. If they've got most of their profit growth or, or, or avoided more falls because they've cut expenses, um, unless business lending grows meaningfully, their inventory is debt. And if the debt isn't increasing from a homeowner's perspective, a home buyer's, I should say, perspective. I don't know. I, 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 so I'm, not, I'm not bearish. I'm not predicting massive falls or anything like that. Um, first, I'm going to do predictions. Secondly, I think the banks are pretty solid and pretty stable and they are what they are. But an environment where we might have rising rising rates, maybe they get a bit of net interest margin improvement because they can pay nothing on their deposit still but, but collect a little bit more from borrowers. So maybe there's something there but maybe bad debt incre expenses increase. It's a really interesting time to be a bank shareholder. Yeah. Um, so I, can make, I can make the bet. The bull case is really easy to make is, you know, house prices stabilise, net interest margins continue to improve. And mm. when you're making one point something percent, you don't have to do much. If you can take your margin from 1.8% to 2%, you've got a 10% growth in profit right there just mm. from just from making a little bit more. So if, if the RBA does, uh, well, as it increases rates, if the banks can keep most of that or a large chunk of it, then maybe that helps. Maybe that's enough. Uh, mm. But if bad debts in, increase and or house prices fall, I don't know. How do you, how do you feel the balance is poised for, for banks right now? Yeah. I mean, that's here's the thing. So the last five years has been a wonderful period. Um mm. You know, even with COVID, like given the yeah. stimulus and what happened to house prices and the rest, it's been a wonderful period to be a bank. And yet if you bought five years ago and you held through to today, you've had about a five, less than a 5% average annual return. Mm -hmm. Now, yeah. to be fair, you have to add dividends to that and some franking credit. So it's added up. Yeah. It's added up to be decent. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. But not that decent. Like not not relative to what other areas of, of the market have done. And I'm not talking about just having to pick the most specky mining company that went from 0.1 to 20 cents. Um, you know, even if staying within the ASX 200. It's kind of, mm -hmm. if, if under wonderful tailwind conditions, my share price compounds at 5%, what does it do under a more difficult environment? So it's not about, for me, it's not, a, you know, where my bias lies, so, but it's not about <laughs> trying to predict the future. It's kind of sort of say, if, if, if we continue to kick the can down the road and everything's okay, I'm going to get an mm. okay return. And if not, I'm going to get a terrible return. And that is a really poor asymmetry. I think we, we spoke of the Turkey story before. I think the Turkey story is really applicable to the banks because it, it's what we forget in a... People in overseas markets don't have this um, delusion. Here we do because barring the, the COVID hiccup, and I think it's probably fair to call that, that's actually very insensitive of me to say that for people who work in tourism and healthcare and the rest of it. So, mm. you know. But economically, economically. Uh, yeah, broadly speaking, broadly yep, speaking, yep, yep, it, it was yep. a hiccup. And and um, we haven't had a recession in 30 years. So so we, 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 we forget that banks are in fact highly, highly cyclical operations. 
In fact, probably one of the more cyclical businesses you can think of. They do wonderfully well when the economy's roaring ahead and they, they do really badly when the economy grinds to a halt. So I, I just, for me, I feel as though we've got a lot of people who have had a really great relation. Well, actually, let's be fair, an okay relationship with mm. these guys for a long, long, long time. Yeah, yeah. And kind of assume that it will always be the case. And hopefully it is mm. for those mm. shareholders mm. and for the rest of us. I'm not, I don't, I'm not one who's, who's cheering on a recession or a house price collapse. I, I, there will be a mm. bad scenario mm. for everyone. Mm. But, but if, if anything like that occurs, uh, it's, it's going to hurt. It's going to really hurt. <laughs> yeah. I think that's right. I think that's right. So look, I, I don't, you know, I don't have a strong view on the on the banks. They have been a relative safe haven with techs crashing all around people. So they were looking at that, going, "How on you? You guys sort of how much money you're losing on some of these growth companies, and you're you're slagging off my bank," um, which I kind of get. Um, but it's just, it's, I just think it's worth having a think about the future. Again, we just talked about the future, right? The, the likely scenarios. How how well placed is your business for whatever the future might bring? Um, I think it's a. I think it's a question worth asking. CBA not miles away from all time highs, mate. Just just for mm. what it's worth, about ten percent down from the look of it, which is fine, and, and they deserve it because they've earned more money than you know five, ten, fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I but I do wonder whether a bank on twenty one times earnings, three and a half percent yield. <laughs> it's I mean it's fine. It's fine. And look, I don't think people will lose a fortune if they were to buy banks. They'll get some nice dividends. or get the franken credits. Maybe it's enough for some people based on what they want. I just I would I would be remarkably surprised. And the, the banks are forty percent of the index, by the way, or thirty five percent. So you know where the banks go, go the index to some degree. Mm, but mm. I but I'd be very surprised if they end up being market beaters over the next five or six years. Yeah. There is a. That being said, I can absolutely tell you why it would happen. That's that interest margin expanding. Yes, that can cover a whole heap of sins on the top line. So maybe that's enough, right? And maybe this is exactly the. Um, this we we might be the the capitulation tree. We might be the you know ringing the bell at the bottom saying, well, how can they possibly do it? Well, actually, you watch and profit you know doubles over the next five years and you go, oh, hold my yeah, hold my happen. beer, says the bank CEO. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I can see how it might happen. I just I think it's also worth just making the point that. Um, have a think about what you expect from the banks and and whether or not that is a likely outcome. Yeah, let, let, let me clarify a few guaranteed. things too. So I, I think Please. when I look in my crystal ball and I think long term, mm. I think Commonwealth Bank, ANZ, they're all around in the year 2032. <laughs> they're not yes. going anywhere, yes, you know, yeah. and they will remain broadly profitable over that period and they will continue to pay dividends and franking credits and all the things that the mm -hmm. baby boomers and retirees love. They will. They, they yep. will. So that's, you know, pe people tend to see, you say anything negative about the banks and people think that you're calling for a Lehman Brothers type scenario. No, yeah, that's right. no, that's there, right, that's there, right. there is, exactly. there is a middle ground here. My, my, the point is, 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 is under one, under favorable set of circumstances, I go, okay, decently, <laughs> yeah. nothing wrong with yeah. that. Yeah. But if, but if it's a not unfavorable set of circumstances, it's going to really hurt in, at least, yeah. in, for, in probably for a little while. People forget that was it Westpac that nearly went to the wall? Um, it did, 1991 from memory. Kerry Packer was one of the potential buyout cash providers. It didn't happen in the end, but yeah, it was, yeah, uh, yeah. It was touch and go. It happens. It happens a lot. Again, we, it, it, we, we, we just don't have, we don't have that lived experience. And, and think about how long you'd have, how old and in, in, mm. a, a long-term investor you would have had to be in the market to re have, re have remembered that. It's just not, you've got people who have spent their whole careers in finance who have never seen anything except a strong wind in the sales of the banks. Yeah. Think about that. Yeah, there's, there's people in finance who have never seen inflation in their working lives, let yeah. alone, you know, it, it, the, these things are, and, and that, yeah, we, we talk about new normals and old normals and whatever. What we've been through is not normal. No, it's not. That, you know, it, 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 well, for a lot of reasons, right, including COVID and other things, but 
but the you know the the yeah <laughs> inflation is a thing <laughs> the fact yeah. it wasn't a thing for a while it was was lovely and wonderful and nice and easy and happy but it wasn't uh, you know the inflation is dead thing when someone tells you something is dead you can bet your bottom dollar you should be buckling up for it to come back because yep. it's uh, it doesn't work that way yep 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 no I'm, I'm not a holder of the banks <laughs> mate uh, on that note no me either on that note uh, we should call this podcast quits. We've done okay to finish that bank conversation relatively quickly. Well, well done, mate. I think we deserve I think a we had about four other things on the agenda, to be fair, though. Well, so there we is that. Hold them out till next week. <laughs> I hope it's been useful for you. Um, remarkable. I, yeah, so much more I want to say. Have not got time. Will you join me on Sunday? You know I will. Good man. Try and stop me. I'll, we will see you then. Full on. Cheers. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services licence 400691. Listener.